1: Oh yeah, time for another show, another podcast. Hey gang, it's the jet-lagged edition of the Chad and Cheese podcast, HR's Most Dangerous. I'm Joel Cheeseman. And I'm
0: Chad, Delta Lounge, (laughs) Soash.
1: On this week's (laughs) episode, LinkedIn feels the agony of defeat. McDonald's embraces AI, and California says gig workers are more full-time employee than contractor. Get ready to party like HiQ's legal team. We'll be right back after a word from Canvas.
2: Canvas is the world's first intelligent text based interviewing platform, empowering recruiters to engage, screen, and coordinate logistics via text, and so much more. We keep the human, that's you, at the center while CanvasBot is at your side, adding automation to your workflow. Canvas leverages the latest in machine learning technology and has powerful integrations that help you make the most of every minute of your day. Easily amplify your employment brand with your newest culture video or add some personality to the mix by firing off a Bitmoji. We make compliance easy and are laser focused on recruiter success. Request a demo at gocanvas.io and in 20 minutes we'll show you how to text, at the speed of talent that's go canvas.io get ready to text at the speed of talent
0: oh yeah great seeing the canvas crew this that's week right. amber she was on stage all weekend she was just on stage here and chatting cheese dude
1: amber's a rock star man she's she introducing soledad o'brien she's introducing delegates from whatever Love i it. don't know who the guests were but <laughs> i don't she's know a, a she's a she's a
0: pro now man she's uh she's all grown up she's all grown up she's killing it and job fight overall we had a great time in San Francisco uh yeah had, had, had to stay blast, for a little had to stay for a little solo dad but uh, a, a lot of a lot of great information going on we got some interviews that are gonna be popping out here in the next few weeks uh but yeah no man we had a blast yeah for sure go check out hashtag rnl 19
1: for uh photos updates and highlights from the show.
0: Yeah. And while we were there, shout out to Jonathan Duarte for bringing us beer, local beer and Giants tickets, baby. And we're not just talking about any Giants tickets. We're talking about like on the fucking field Giants tickets. That <laughs> so it was,
1: it was good shit. <laughs> we're talking third row. Uh, now, granted, they're not very good, and it's towards the end of the season, and tickets are pretty red- readily available, but still, yeah. third row is still third row. So, Jonathan, major shout-out. And it's always nice to be out of the, uh, you know, the bay winds that come up when you sit higher up in the in the stadium, which I have definitely done before. Oh, yeah. Down by the field is much warmer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, also, shout-out to Anthony Garcia, founder and HMFIC. <laughs> Over at uh, Pure Post, he joined us, uh, starting to starting to work a little bit with guys at uh, at Pure Post. It's a it's a uh, a translating platform for for veterans, and I've been like one of the biggest assholes when it comes to a lot of these crosswalks and shit because I actually yeah. built one once, and I said the only way this shit's going to get done the right way is if you build it from the ground up, and these guys actually built it from the ground up, and I knew it was legit. When I was introduced to these guys by Google, Google reached out to me and said, "Chad, nice. you guys, you know some things about this. Why don't you hook up with these guys? Because I think it's a good marriage. So they're they're legit, um, and they're doing it the right way. But they're in total startup mode, and it was great to finally meet him face to face." Now is HMFIC actually on his
1: LinkedIn profile, or is that just something that's special to you guys? If
0: it's not, it should be head motherfucker in charge it sure as hell it always should always be. be yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shout out to
1: uh, Mason Wong, longtime listener, fan of the show, uh, fan of all things, you know, what we're doing. Uh, Got to connect connect with him at Recruiter Nation Live. He's now at Lyft, making miracles happen at the uh, the ride sharing service, and uh, sat down with him for an interview. So, double shout out for seeing him as well as sitting down for an interview. Uh, Be excited for that to drop here, hopefully, in the near future
0: good stuff good
1: dude shout out good to
0: nathan parrot over at aia dude needs to eat a fucking cheeseburger i sent him a medium chad and cheese t-shirt and he's That's like a medium It's a medium and the dude, dude <laughs> had to wear a shirt underneath it so nathan i mean i know you know you're not like six two or anything like that but still dude eat a fucking cheeseburger Dude, we're going to have to start getting shirts from Baby Gap if that
1: thing's <laughs> a medium. Good Lord.
0: As we're talking about uh, some, some really good shit, some, some social media sharing shit, RecruitX plus KRT equals Hold My Beer. We did that uh, podcast Looking a brilliant. little while ago. And then these guys took that shit and ran. They actually created a logo, a Hold My Beer logo. And and uh, they sent us pictures of, of Josh and Mona uh, and then there's another big picture of the a bunch of employees on a boat uh, with Statue Liberty behind them. And they all had Hold My Beer koozies, and they were KRT and Recruitix. It was awesome. Now,
1: build some context around this. This this was born out of our show. Yeah. Uh, and when they made the acquisition of Recruitix, your comment, I'm giving you full credit, was <laughs> Hold My Beer. Uh, I think you social media that shit and they grabbed onto it and got fucking koozies. And the whole staff is uh, is touring, I guess, New York City or something yeah. with these koozies. Uh, and it's fucking it's like game over That's it, man. for any game other over, man. sort of company to, like, give us props for our show. That was fucking this
0: awesome. is how we always talk about, like. A ten guy and, and some of these other some of these other companies who listen to us and they like troll us or they use our shit. This is how you do it. Mm-hmm. I mean you just it's that <laughs> just have fun with this shit. Quit being so stuffy. <laughs> Get a koozie, goddammit. Get a goddamn koozie. Uh my last <laughs> shout out is you're gonna love this one. This is fucking hilarious. Yeah. John Thurman saw um, one of those food delivery robots on a sidewalk um, delivering <laughs> in George Mason University and he shared it on Twitter.
1: That, that is awesome.
0: Yeah, because we were talking about how it, it, they were deploying them uh, in, at Purdue. and mm-hmm. now we see they at the you know George Mason. So man, that's, that is freaking hilarious. I just want to know if this was before he took an aluminum bat
1: to the uh, the, the moving <laughs> cooler or spray yeah. painted it with a with a penis or something like because that's going to happen.
0: Tony, right now, buy stock in aluminum bats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to our travel schedule before we get to the news. Oh,
0: wait, wait, real quick. We had a question from a listener. Oh, yeah. So uh, a listener oh, okay. actually actually asked. Um, Because of AppCast and their purchase, or they were purchased by um, StepStone, they didn't believe that AppCast was still doing distribution to Indeed, and that that is wrong. From all accounts that we know, that's a big no. AppCast is still working with Indeed. So if you've heard kind of rumors out there, is that long-term plan? Who knows? But right as of now, uh, all indications that we have is that there's no question. AppCast still working with Indeed. It would make no sense for them to cut that uh, that line of uh, partnership off right now.
1: And not that making sense ever made sense in our industry. Yeah. But yeah, cutting off Indeed from AppCast would be a really bad decision by AppCast. So, don't think that's happening.
0: Travel schedule. Sponsored by Shaker Recruitment Marketing. That's right. Powered by Shaker Recruitment Marketing. <laughs> by. So, uh TA Tech in late September. We've got about a week and a half until we go down to Austin for Deathmatch. Really excited about Deathmatch. Who is uh, who's on, who's on the schedule there for Deathmatch? Oh man, we're talking Pez, not the candy. Pez Seek
1: Seekout. We're talking Seekout yes. Seek with uh, founder Anoop, former uh, direct advisor Bill Gates. Yep. Uh, we're talking Job.com. Yep. Uh, and their crypto, blockchain, credit card, having startup stuff, <laughs> and then, and then we've got uh, who am I Ass missing? Assess first, uh, assess first, French company uh, whose founder is incredibly animated. Good. Uh, so getting him on stage is going to be a trip for sure. And I've I've just ordered the hardware for the winner, <laughs> which I don't uh, think we've revealed no. yet. But uh, pretty excited about. The winner the winning hardware that the company will receive for uh being Yes,
0: champion. said trophy and all of this brought to you by get ready step back I'm ready Alexander Mann solutions that's right Woo. this is a, this is the Chad cheese ta Tech joint but this baby is fueled by Alexander Mann I think it's worth talking about the
1: judges if you're talking you know Quincy oh, yeah. Cindy uh, from talroo uh, oh. we just added Robert from Sovereign, uh, President CEO. It's uh, a star-studded cast, not on, not on, not only on the stage, but also at the table judging them. Uh, and then we go to, f- uh, and then th- our HR Tech is shortly after that. HR in Tech, October. yeah. The show that banned us a year ago now wants us to like perform, <laughs> which is fucking ridiculous. Twice. Yeah.
0: Twice. It. Yeah. We're on stage twice on the tech stage or something like that in the expo hall. But uh, yeah, Job Case said, if you're going to TA Tech, we're going with you. So uh, thanks to Fred and, and the kids over at Job Case. Uh, yeah, everybody loves a little HR tech. Uh, but we're going to be able to, to love it from the stage a couple of times and do it uh, in style due to Job Case.
1: The Job Case hats are fat, so I'm going to be supporting that puppy <laughs> in uh, HR Tech. Going to be a real upgrade from my emissary T-shirt from a year or two ago. It'd be nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then we go to Paris, France for Unleash. Wee-wee. Smashfly is uh, – partnering with us to have uh, to, to have a little fun in Paris. You're going to have to come to Paris to see what that fun is, but we're going to have a star-studded panel, and again, we're going to be in the Expo Hall doing yeah. all of this, but excited about Unleash, not to mention our newly formed podcast, again brought to you by Smashfly, yep. is the cult brand that we just launched. Brand spanking new. We have about half dozen more of these podcasts already in the can, ready to launch, uh, and we've got many more that are already scheduled. But this is bridging cult brand and HR, really the understanding of how do, you, how do you create a cult brand? Companies like Airbnb, Chili's Bar and Grill, Las Vegas, what happens here stays here. So we've got a ton of really cool brands and journeys to be able to uh, to sit back and just listen. These are amazing stories. Yeah. We're wedging a golden gate bridge
1: between recruiting and marketing. Can't wait to see uh, the content that we produce from that and just published the one with Douglas Atkin. Yep. uh, Head of community at Airbnb uh, talking about their their culture, cast of characters that started the company. I think it's, some of our best work to date. Mm. I don't know how you feel, but uh, really proud of what we're doing in the cult brand series and hope that everyone listens into that Not
0: to mention we just had fucking Dan pink on man. I mean this is it's it's going to the next level
1: yeah eventually people are gonna wake up to the fact that we're a bunch of idiots and we'll stop talking to Shh. us But until then Shh. we have some pretty smart people on the show Why don't we
0: talk about some pretty smart people. What about high Q? And the win that they just had had over LinkedIn.
1: Yeah, let's get to the news. So you and I have been covering this news, geez, almost from the start. Uh, Basically, LinkedIn sent out cease and desist letters to a bunch of companies that were using their data uh, to provide services and info and intel uh, about profiles to their clients. Uh, Most of the companies they sent letters to said, yes, sir, shut down, stop doing it, whatever. Uh, one little company out in San Francisco said, suck it. We're going to take you to court. Uh, and High Q, company that, that you know, basically scans, scrapes, takes LinkedIn data, makes sense of it for their clients, uh, took them to court. They've been in court a couple of times, couple of appeals, a couple of shit that goes on. If you want to search our archives, feel free to do that. But most uh, most recently, the court ruled against LinkedIn again. Uh, in court, uh, Federal court, uh, federal Appeals Court Monday uh, ruled in favor that scraping data from LinkedIn profiles uh, was basically okay. Um, the opinion by th- uh, three judges in the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals mm-hmm. held that LinkedIn does not own the data posted by its users and thus cannot block hiq a, re- a recruitment data marketing company, from compiling the information and sorting it or otherwise using it. One of the quotes from the... Um, the news that was interesting uh, from one of the, uh, the the circuit court judges was, quote, giving companies like LinkedIn free reign to decide on any basis who can collect and use data, data That's that the right. companies do not own that they otherwise make publicly available to viewers and that the companies themselves collect and use risks the possible creation of information monopolies that would disserve the public interest. So, so there you have it. Hoping to have Scrape Mark
0: away. and maybe even Darren on from Q sometime soon to be able to talk this through. I'm sure um, this is awesome, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and it says a lot, really, how we're going to be looking at data, but, but here's the thing, as with GDPR becoming a standard, is this really winning? Now, mm-hmm. I agree that it's not it's not LinkedIn's data fucking get that. But that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you can just come in and scrape shit, because as we start moving to a GDPR like society, it's owned by the candidate 100 percent. So the big question is for companies like HiQ which I, that, these are the questions I want to be able to really hit them with is how are these candidates? You're going to have to get buy-in from these candidates before you go take data. I mean, it doesn't matter. Before you do any type of scraping whatsoever, you're going to have to get buy-in. And so is LinkedIn. Just because you put your shit in LinkedIn does not mean you own my shit, right? So LinkedIn doesn't have, and again, that's pretty much what this case says, LinkedIn can't just do whatever the fuck they want with this data. Mm-hmm. So they, my big question to them is how are they going to deal with GDPR on the LinkedIn side? And then how are companies like high Q going to deal with it? Because you're going to have to get that opt in.
1: Yeah. And I don't, you know, we don't know how many of high Q's customers are really focused outside of the U S in places like Europe where that's a big deal. Um, we both agree that privacy, it's a big deal California well, privacy right now. will be a big deal. Yeah, California. I mean, it will be a big deal. Um, so I think you know, to me, question not only is privacy and who owns the data and, yep. and taking it from the web is obviously most likely going to be a no-no at some point. You know, I, I don't know how hard HiQ is partying when they look at the future of privacy, but also if if LinkedIn is losing on a, a you know a judicial front or legislative front, uh-huh. I think they're probably winning on a technological front. And they're doing so many interesting, uh, you know, savvy, clever things to make it really hard to scrape their data in the first place. Um, you know, I've, I've talked to some people that are really good at this stuff saying that, uh, you know, LinkedIn is starting to randomize the data that, that shows up for robots, you mm-hmm. know, that go in and try to get stuff. And they're just getting better at that. So it's becoming a whack-a-mole situation where you just have to consistently, like, tweak your algorithm or tweak your stuff to be able to get LinkedIn's data. Um, so for most companies,
0: it's, it's not, not LinkedIn's a, it's data. Not though. Worth- that's See, that's the thing now because of this companies can start to think about taking LinkedIn to court. If they try to play this whack-a-mole bullshit game, right? You can't, they, well, this changes the conversation dramatically. I don't know. That's going to be a nasty black hole
1: to try to, try to like, legally tell linkedin that it can't like it can't put up sort of technological protections against spiders coming to the site etc because that's a whole issue of like bandwidth and you know, using our service, making it slower for other people that are actual people that are using
0: it. That was part of the defense on this current. It wasn't case. about
1: bandwidth. It was about who who's
0: like do they own the data or not? It was also about not maybe not bandwidth, but it was also about taxing their their technical infrastructure. So they were putting out those defenses. It wasn't just about who owned the data. It was much further <clears> than <throat> that. So this this result, will smack that square in the fucking face. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Because I I think it's, you know, at what point can they declare sort of intellectual property um, in terms of how they... (laughs)
0: it's not their data fuck you it's not your data (laughs) but it's their website well that and that's fine it's your website but that doesn't mean i mean you don't own the data within that website that's what i'm saying this conversation changes dramatically i'm not saying it's a simple conversation i'm saying it 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 changes dramatically and when you start playing those whack-a-mole games as we've talked about for well over a year now can you do that now because that's not your fucking data
1: yeah, these are all questions that will have to be answered. I'm so excited by people smarter and and wealthier than us. Um, but yeah, I, I think the privacy is definitely going to be an issue, regardless. And then how sites protect their their data. Yeah, publicly data or can they do that? Um, and what is sort of intellectual property? Can you declare intellectual property? I I
0: don't know, dude. Well, no. See, there's a big difference. So the technology itself is the intellectual property. What you're doing with that data is the tech, right? The data Mm -hmm. is not the tech. So it's fairly simple to spread those things apart and say, okay, that's the data candidate stuff that they actually put in the fucking system. Their content, all that stuff is the data, how you slice and dice and do all of that other shit to be able to do predictive analytics or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That's the tech. That's the that's where you start to split the conversation. And that is what this decision does. It says, look, it's not your data. Split that decision. Now the conversation is so much different. I love it. I know, but
1: (laughs) if I want to present my data in a way that's impossible or nearly impossible to scrape from a robot. Am I breaking the law or am I breaking that ruling?
0: That's the question. I, I don't know, but that is a question that now can be asked. That's a question that can be asked because they're mm-hmm. infringing the opportunity of a smaller business to actually do business because they're they're fucking with uh, somebody else's data.
1: Well, clearly we have to get some smarter people on the, on the phone and uh, find out exactly what's going on.
0: This just opens up a conversation that I love. On on to more things that we love. And we were just talking about California and regulation. California, California approves a bill that will turn gig workers into employees. So benefits and protections. And from my standpoint, this is incredibly interesting because what's happening is what we're seeing to happen now is the pendulum swinging back and forth. So unions were just incredibly strong. And we were talking to, to, to Mason about this in San Francisco. He's with Lyft. Unions were just so incredibly strong and powerful, and they misused mm-hmm. you know some of that power at one time. That pendulum swung away from them to employers where they just broke up all those unions in many cases. But I feel like it's going back to the union conversation. And I think this in itself is, uh, is one of the indicators that that's where we're on the road to actual basic protections that mm-hmm. we don't have today. And we need to have those unions to be able to organize that.
1: Yeah. I think there, you know, to me, there are two sort of sides to this story as most stories have. Uh-huh. One is the, the contractor it's hit, you know, themselves. Um, and I'd, you know, for the most part, if if you drive Uber or Lyft as a job, pretty much you're doing it on a, a basis that's almost like a full time job. It's great news to, to now know that you'll be treated like a full time employee, which yeah. includes obviously benefits and uh, you know all the all the things that come with uh, you know being a full time employee as opposed to just being a contractor. But if you're to me, that's fairly straightforward. I think I think the real questions become for Uber, Lyft, and anyone else that sort of is a platform for uh-huh. work. Is this a good thing or not? On one side I can see where, you know, yeah, you should treat people this in a certain way. They're working for you, you know, on 40, 40 yeah. hours plus a week yeah. or whatever that is. And on the other side I can see, well, okay, that's a whole layer of of intricacy and and or complexity of doing business. You and I talked to Mason in, in at length, who's a Lyft employee, and you know there are real questions about their business model, both Uber and Lyft, uh, in terms of profitability and are they going to be able to turn a profit, right? So adding this complexity of having full time employees and giving them benefits and maybe healthcare and everything else that makes it harder to do business. Arguably, um, does that keep other potential competitors out of the space because now they know? It's not a contract business; it's an employee business. Um, does that create less opportunity, uh, which generally is a bad thing? So, I think, I think on the surface you can say, "Yeah, this is great for employees; they're going to get benefits. This is great." But looking deeper into it, I don't know the the impact on the companies, but I would imagine they're probably not super happy um, having to deal with what you sort of refer yeah. to as labor unions which essentially yeah, is kind yeah. of what we're dealing with. And when we talked to um, uh, Douglas Atkin uh, from Airbnb, you know, talking about mobilizing right. his community, it was sort of like a labor union uh, situation. So these these contractors, these gig workers have a lot of power. And to what extent they they use us to get benefits and full-time employment and and who knows what else will be very interesting as we, we move into the future.
0: Yeah, well, I think any company out there that, doesn't focus on the employee first and and the human being first to ensure that they're getting what they need uh, and benefits and healthcare are are obviously fucking part of that. If they are talking about the bottom line and how that's going to hurt uh, profits, fuck you. You shouldn't have mm-hmm. a fucking business. You need to focus on your goddamn business model. If your business model isn't working, guess what? You need to innovate and evolve or die. That's what capitalism is, but you have to take care of your fucking people. That's job one. You take care of your people, your people will take care of you. If you have a shitty business model, that's on you.
1: Yeah, and clearly many of these companies are built as tech companies. They're not built as people companies per se. So now- at least in the case of California, the government saying, look, you have to start thinking of these people as people and not (laughs) machines that are going around and, and you're getting 15% off of everything. So um, I agree with you. It's just, you know, does this, does this, does this speed up the process of automation, right? Which it probably will, because if we have all self-driving cars, then there aren't going to be drivers anyway. That's another question to think about as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, we're talking about the possibility and I mean, there's the, obviously there's arguments on both sides of this, but the possibility of getting rid of those jobs in the first place is going to evolve and create different jobs. The thing that we need to focus on here first is making sure that we treat the the humans right. And we make them the center. If they are a part of this, uh, that they're the center of, of, uh, of our thought process, right? Because if they're not happy well we're not going to retain them they're probably going to do a shitty job how's that Mm -hmm. any good for the company in the first place and you know if they don't have health care and they they don't have different types of benefits I mean and they're worried that a $400 uh, expense could prospectively submarine them I mean that's nobody needs nobody should live that way nobody should live that way and if a company is worried about the profits over the people they need to get the fuck out of business (laughs) I also think this is, this is probably
1: a good thing for sort of traditional businesses that do have to treat people as full-time, part-time employees and have yeah. to be under the, the, sort of the same regulations. Because up to this point, the Ubers of the world have been sort of above or below, however you look at it from yeah. sort of the, the traditional way of doing business. So I'm sure that the businesses that we know are pretty happy about Uber having to sort of do business as they do.
0: Yeah, and this discussion, I mean, we're talking about pretty big companies right now. This discussion is much, much different, but it is the same for small business. So the small business, and we've heard this talking to, to different restaurant companies and, and whatnot saying, you know, if we're going to have to pay a $15 minimum wage and we're going to have to give benefits mm-hmm. and da, 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 then, you know, we're just not going to be able to be in business. And And the answer is, okay, so, you either evolve and learn how to take care of your people, or you're right, you're not going to be in business. I mean, that yeah. is a very hard discussion, but guess what? If you can't fucking take care of your people's basic needs, then you shouldn't be in business.
1: Yeah. And I want also wonder, you know, with small businesses that are under 50 people, uh, they're typically not under the same sort of regulations that companies over 50 are. So I wonder if at some point we're going to look at these gig platforms and say, okay, if you're under this many people, mm-hmm. you don't have to adhere to some of these regulations. So maybe we don't stifle some innovation and in new, new companies.
0: As we continue to talk about cult brand and whatnot, we we have the discussion coming up with fiasco gelato, which is a very small and, uh, mom and pop type of a shop yeah but their focus is taking care of the people and you know this is the kind of these are the types of discussions that we need to have they are hard they are uncomfortable get but guess what if we don't have them we're never going to find the answers and we're here to have them right after this word from job ad x
3: nope nah not for me all these jobs look the same uh next this is what perfectly qualified candidates are thinking as they scroll past your jobs just half-heartedly skimming job descriptions that aren't standing out to them face it we live in a world that is all about content 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 so why do we expect job seekers to react differently while reading paragraphs and bullets in templated job descriptions Stand out in a feed full of boring job ads with a dynamic, enticing video that showcases your company culture, people, and benefits with job AdX, Instead of hoping that job seekers will stumble upon your employment branding video, job AdX seamlessly displays it in the job description while they're searching, building a connection, and reducing candidate drop-off. You're spending thousands of dollars on beautiful, informative employment branding videos that just sit on a YouTube channel, begging to be discovered. Why not feature them across our network of over 150 job sites to proactively compel top talent to join your team? Help candidates see themselves in your role by emailing joinus at jobadx.com. That's us at jobadx.com. Attract, engage, employ with JOB ADX.
1: To all beef patties, lettuce, sauce, pickles, cheese on a sesame seed bun. Was that the song? That's good. Wow, that's some memory. Probably eaten a few. So stop. <laughs> that's not true. So, that's not true. That is one we
0: McDonald's in the news. So yeah, we come off of talking about uh, again, you know, workers and 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 whatnot, California, yep. and go straight into talking about. McDonald's and automation. Now, McDonald's employs over three hundred thousand people, right? And we've heard and we've talked about automated fryers, mm-hmm. Flippy the burger robot, the kiosk, yeah, yeah, the yep. kiosk. And we were talking about all these things uh, through automation. That is is probably going to make. Uh, that three hundred thousand go down substantially or mm-hmm. who knows, maybe it becomes more cost effective and they open more more McDonald's. Yeah, who knows? But now McDonald's buys a print. I think that's how you say it. A print. Yeah, sounds right. Uh, a startup Building conversational agents that can automate voice based ordering in multiple languages. So, this is pretty much a chat bot with NLP that does the drive through ordering. Yeah. Right. Or they could even do this. They could even do this at the kiosks if you think about it. I love this
1: story. We don't normally talk about these sort of traditional brick and mortar businesses buying a a business like this. So, the fact that we're even talking about it is really cool. And I hope that more and more. Yeah. Um, sort of businesses that are brick and mortar established do this. But yeah, to me, this is genius. I mean, if nothing else, to speed up the process, create efficiencies. I mean, how many times have you been in a drive through and you can't hear the person? Sounds like Charlie Brown's uh, teacher. Uh, 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 uh. But also, we're a country, maybe less so since Mr. Orange got into office, but we're a country of multiple languages. And I'm sure like for someone who speaks Spanish, To go to a McDonald's is intimidating because the person in the drive-thru is probably speaking English. So to think about the market opportunity of, wow, how many people that speak Spanish are now going to come through our drive-thru because we can instantly speak their language or any language for that matter. I think it's great business uh, to use technology to do that. Um, It's fantastic. So I I definitely applaud uh, McDonald's move to start getting smarter with their voice. Uh, their voice communications with customers.
0: Yeah, yeah. So in the in the disability kind of range, we call it, it's called universal design. So you're designing for anyone, not just the individual with disabilities, but for a- anyone. And this is this is really being able to take that holistic universal design and, and make it easier for everybody. This is also what I'm seeing is an aqua hire by McDonald's because they're creating a new Silicon Valley based group called d Tech labs yeah with Apprente, the apprentice team becoming the group's founding member so we were just talking about business and how if business can't if they can't do business and they can't make the profits and they then they have to evolve this is it kids and, and yeah it's McDonald's and yeah um, they're a big organization, but we have a little bitty company here locally in Columbus, Indiana yeah. called Fresh Take, and all they they have kiosks up front. That's the only way that you can order, yeah. right? That right out of the gate, they're looking at efficiencies. These are the things that we have to look at when we start having these conversations. How do we evolve and stop this bullshit 50s mentality? <laughs>
1: Just don't change the quarter pounder too much. That's all I ask. ask. (laughs) Unless you
0: add the Impossible
1: Burger to it. That's awesome. Well, I love that they're now fresh, but they're delicious. Uh, And so, yeah, keep doing that stuff, McDonald's, no matter how much tech you add to your services
0: in earlier this year, they actually acquired another. It was it's an online personalization startup with the goal of creating a drive-through experience that's customized mm-hmm. to things like the weather restaurant traffic. I mean, all these different things so that when you come up, if it is a little busy, Um, you're going to have a better experience because who knows, maybe they're going to entertain you. Maybe you can listen to the Chad and cheese podcast while you're going through the drive-thru.
1: Yeah. And I love, we use uh, their app. You pre-order, you go, you drive into a specific spot. You let them know that you're there. They bring out your food. It's great. McDonald's is doing some really great tech shit.
0: Well, and there's another, there's another company that uh, I've talked about plenty of times on this podcast that is really focused on convenience and battling against Uh, Amazon and that's Walmart with like their pickup delivery. That is is amazing. Julie will be on the couch and we'll be going through orders and she, you know, we'll need this, need that, all that other fun stuff. And we have a pickup the next morning Mm -hmm. at eight. We don't have to step inside to get our groceries and whatever we're looking for. Just
1: one more step to our Wally future of sitting in chairs all day and having our (laughs) pie (laughs) all stuffed on demand. But speaking of Walmart, our next story Yes. Talks about hiring teens, which apparently is a big deal because, you know, when you and I were teenagers, it was very normal to hire teens in the summer and hire them for part time work. But we've gotten away from that. But. Walmart, fortunately, um, is trying to get teens back into the, uh, into the labor market, mainly because there's an increasingly tight labor environment. Uh, but anyway, from the news uh, to entice high school students to come aboard uh, Walmart, the retail giant has started offering free ACT and SAT prep courses. Um, it has yeah. also followed the lead of employers like Starbucks and has begun to offer tuition assistance uh, to part-time employees. From the study, between 2000 and 2018, teen non-summer employment in the U.S. fell from 43% to roughly 29%. That's according to Pew Research. So, you know, I I think teens not working is we're losing a very valuable window where people can learn, you know, really good skills about doing work and getting paid for it and what that entails, because the rest of their life is going to be a lot of that shit. So you might as well learn it, you know, in your teens. So you're more comfortable doing it, right. you know, later in life.
0: Well, and we we need options nowadays because kids are strapped with college debt that they did that they weren't strapped with before. Boomers didn't have a uh, hundred thousand dollars that they had to pay in debt for fucking college. Xers, we didn't either. I mean, this is it's it's really changed the game. So we have to look at different ways to be able to subsidize going to school. Yeah. You know, and and this is this I believe every company that's out there who wants to be competitive and they want to go after that new talent. I mean, this is Walmart, for goodness sakes. They they want to turn these kids into regional directors, managers. I mean, this isn't just about being the greeter, for goodness sakes. Sure. They're thinking long term and building talent pipelines. This is incredibly smart, I believe. And I think every company should be doing that to be able to focus on getting those really talented kids into positions, and then hook them up uh, on a contract. You know, we're, we'll pay for it. We'll pay for your college. Yeah, and and you stay with us for three years or whatever whatever the term is. Yeah, I mean let's
1: let's be real. Not every kid is gonna throw up a uh, a Shopify you know, store and get Kim Kardashian to wear your shit. Not every kid is going to be a Fortnite champion, right? Most kids will have to have a similar road to most every other person on the planet. Uh, yep. So doing these things, I think are a great way to, to get them off the couch and get them into the workforce.
0: Agreed. now one thing that uh, I see Walmart doing that is really pissing me the fuck off is uh, <laughs> there's a, a wall street journal puff piece. Yeah. Where they talk about, and here it is, a growing number of companies are helping workers gain access to payroll advances and loans, reflecting concern over the impact money problems are having on productivity levels and worker retention. So instead of paying these people more, right, and we talk about $15 an hour, 40 hours a week, that's around $30,000 before taxes. Right. And in many cases, they're not even making that much at Walmart, but yet they want to try to get them into a payday loan kind of scheme. It's cheaper than going to the the loan shark on the, on the corner. Right. So instead of 25%, it's 17% or something. Is that it, what I'm hearing? Dude? Yeah. I mean, so it's like $6 a month for fees. Right. OK. Um, but if you think of it, especially from the standpoint of the company that they uh, that they partnered with, PayActive. Uh-huh. So they have three hundred and eighty thousand Walmart employees using this process right now. If you think of six dollars a month, that's in, you're you're instantly making millions of dollars. Every month, every fucking month. And once again, this all revolves around making sure that you're taking care of your fucking people by paying them enough to live on, not strapping them. So they also talk about retention, right? They have a retention. They have a retention problem because of this. So instead of and here's where it really gets fucking crazy. And this is a bullshit puff piece from the Wall Street Journal. It's like, oh, yeah, they're giving all these great benefits. It's like, no, they're fucking shackling them indentured servitude yeah this is a fucking company store kind of scenario don't fucking don't goddamn unicorns and fucking rainbows glaze over this you are fucking people who should be paying paid more and overall what you're doing is saying oh that's okay we're not going to pay them anymore but we're going to go ahead and shackle them into this whole uh, company store scenario so they'll never be able to fucking leave that is one big pile of shit What the fuck? Well,
1: I've got good news for you. We're going to take a break and listen to a word from Sovereign, and then we're going to calm you down to talk about Donald Trump. Sound good? (laughs) I
4: can't (laughs) wait.
2: Sovereign Parser is the most accurate resume and job order intake technology in the industry. The more accurate your data, the better decisions you can make. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S O V R E N. Dot com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner.
1: Here we go. Here we go. So, Politico uh, reports this week uh, a Trump. Social network readies for launch. Okay, so uh his campaign plans to launch its its own app, yeah, professionalizing its operation to track, quote, the army of Trump, end quote, and keep supporters donating, volunteering, and recruiting. So if you've been spouting off neo-Nazi stupidity on Twitter or any other social media uh, and got kicked off, you can come to Trump app or whatever they're going to call it. Uh, it. Says Rory McShane a Republican strategist uh, quote, Trump supporters are more dedicated and committed. If there's any campaign where they have a shot at making this work it's the Trump campaign. And according to our talk, one of your family members will be the first to join the uh, the
0: Trump app. Okay, so, so full transparency, I have been a Republican my entire life until this orange motherfucker came into uh the political existence (laughs) but yeah i mean there's no question i mean if there is a channel for him to be able to really spew propaganda this is it i mean this is this is incredibly smart but the problem is dividing the nation even more. It's kind of like the the news channels, MSNBC, Fox News, CNN. If you hear a specific news story from one to the next, it's going to be entirely different, colored with opinion, mm-hmm. not fact. It's kind of like wanting to have state TV, but it's going to be state social network propaganda.
1: That's an interesting take. I mean, this certainly, you know, it does circumvent Facebook, that? Twitter, or really, really any other medium, you know, if if they do open it up to people just creating user-generated content that is really out of bounds, you know, at what point does Apple get involved? Because they have terms of service. Mm-hmm. Google Play, I think, less so. So Android users might be fine doing whatever the hell goes on. Right with android but yeah i mean this could really spin out of control and just be really bad on a lot of a lot of levels
0: i I just don't know why any politician would want to have quote unquote an app they should have the discussion out in the open if people just start gravitating to something like this for all of their unfiltered
1: news then what have we become because we're ignoring like legitimate journalism
0: yeah. I mean, the, the hardest part right now is being able to discern journalism for many people that only go to one source. They don't yeah. try to cross-reference with other sources. When I have discussions with individuals about politics or economics or workforce or whatever it is, I always try to look at, you know, not just BLS data. Yeah. I try to go beyond that and and do a little bit more reading and research to better understand all the different flavors of of what's going on. Something like this is totally counter to that.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a big joke. We talk about Trump app, but you know, if this becomes a major deal and a large part of the society and community gets their news from this because it's the truth in quotes that becomes really scary
0: being able to make bad decisions mm-hmm. in this administration seems to be you know par so this is this seems to be on par
1: well now i'm depressed i need to hear the uh i need to hear christopher walken to cheer <laughs> cheer me up
0: <laughs> i thought you were gonna say christopher cross
4: we out we out thank you for listening to what's it called a podcast the chad the cheese brilliant yeah.